0: You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network, brought to you by Lacrosse Boots. So here's what Lacrosse has recently done: they've taken their 100 plus years of experience to create a new line of lace-up hunting boots called the Navigator Series. Now, the Navigator Series comes in two options: the Atlas for men and the Windrose for both men and women. Now, if you want to find out more about their high quality awesome boots, you need to go to lacrossefootwear.com. Well, hey there, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast. I'm your host, Dan Johnson, and today we're going to be talking to a Western PA native, Adam Pasternak about his introduction into bow hunting, how he uh, has had to learn the hard way in a lot of instances, uh, the learning curve that's gone along with uh, becoming a bow hunter. And uh, then he also shares the story of his first archery bow kill. And uh, he gets pretty fired up. I get pretty fired up. And uh, not too much of an introduction into this podcast, just a really good story and a really good example of dedicating yourself to something that you really find passionate can you know pay dividends in the long run and uh, he put a lot of work into the off season preparing for the 2018 season and it ended up paying off for him so uh, kudos to Adam I think you guys are going to enjoy this podcast if you haven't already subscribed to this podcast either the nine finger chronicles feed by itself or the uh, Sportsman's Nation Whitetail Feed. You can uh, get it there too. But subscribe to it. Go to iTunes. Leave a review. All that stuff. But before we get into today's podcast, we got to talk about our title sponsor, Vortex. Uh, if you don't know, Vortex is a awesome company uh, for multiple reasons. But for one, is if you damage your optics that you purchase from them in any way, shape, or form. You send it in to them. They will fix it for free and send it back to you, right? The only thing you really have to pay is shipping on the way there. And uh, I'm telling you right now, that is customer service at its highest level, right? They don't even care if it's your fault. They'll fix it, right? On top of that, I just got my Viper HD spotting scope uh, in the mail the other day. I got it set up on a tripod, and I've been glassing my backfield, um, just looking at a couple does that are living back there. But what I'm really excited for, uh, for that spotting scope is this South Dakota mule deer hunt that I'm going to be going on. Uh, in October, and uh, from everybody that I've talked to, it's just, you're going to be glassing, you're going to be glassing, you're going to be glassing, and when you have a high quality set of optics, um, and you know what, it's a $1,000, right, it costs $1,000, I believe it is, but it's high quality and you look at some of the other optics that are out there on the market you're going to be spending more than that right the good thing is with vortex they have optics at every price range whether you're looking for a range finder a rifle scope a spotting scope a set of binos man they got it right and they got them at a variety of different price points and it's very very high quality very awesome company um, i've got to know some of the Uh, some of the people very well within that company over the years and uh, man just like I I always say I love working with good people and uh, I'm proud to be working with Vortex man another awesome company another I guess I would call them a premium brand so check out vortexoptics.com and take a look at all the variety of optics that they offer and then buy one and then tell them you heard it from me and they'll give me a pat on the back. So, uh, I think we'll get into today's Hunter Profile Podcast BS session with Adam Pasternak. All right, everybody, welcome back. Today I am joined by Adam. I'm not going to pronounce his last name because I will ruin it because I suck at reading. Why don't you tell me what your last name is, Adam?
1: Pasternak?
0: Pasternak. All right, Pasternak. Pasternak, Adam Adam Pasternak, how how the hell are you?
1: I'm doing great, man. Shark
0: Week, Shark Bow Week is almost here. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's Shark Week. Come on, man. <laughs> everybody, everybody gets fired up for Shark Week. Even my local news it's gets awesome. fired up for Shark Week. And you're you're the whole way in Iowa. There's no oceans around you. It's, it's it's awesome. Okay, but hey, I gotta I gotta t- I gotta share a story with you, right? Let's do it. All right. So obviously, the Mississippi River leads down to the Gulf of Mexico. And right. they have pictures in, like, the early 1900s of sharks that swam. I don't know if they got disoriented or how they made it this far up, but they have pictures of sharks right up next to this lock and dam uh, in northeastern Iowa. No oh, doubt. my goodness. Yeah, no doubt.
1: <laughs> well, it probably had to have been a bull shark, too, right?
0: I'm yeah. Assuming. Something like, I don't even know what the name of it was, but, um, I, maybe some of them can live in fresh water or a combined of fresh water, salt water. I don't know. But anyway, they have pictures of them all the way up here and it kind of blows my mind every time, you know, you're, you're wading in there and they call it the muddy Mississippi, right? You can't see your feet when you're wading in the water. Just what is really out there? The river monsters. <laughs> yeah, shark week, man. Anyway, <laughs> so why don't you let everybody know where you're from and what do you do for a living?
1: Yeah, so I live just outside of Pittsburgh and um, I'm a project manager for a real estate company. So basically, what I do is I just go in and uh, restore and renovate uh, apartment buildings. Um, we gut them out, put new kitchens, the bathrooms in, um, address the drywall, all, all that good stuff, flooring and cosmetics. Just get gotcha. them ready for for a new tenant to move in.
0: Gotcha. So, you after someone trashes the shit out of it, you go in and fix it up so so they can they can a new a new person can move in. Exactly. Yeah, man. My buddy he uh, he has a couple rental properties, and he's like, dude, dude. One time, a dog ate the all the window sills off in the house scratched up the every door in the house and like started pulling up the carpet and he, he's just like oh man and then oh, yeah. they left without any information and basically just packed up one night and left didn't pay you know he got to keep the deposit but the deposit was like you know a thousand dollars and there's probably like 10 grand worth of damage done to the apartment so he was a little pissed
1: yeah yeah that's that's insane it's crazy what some of these people do to these places right or their their dog or whatever,
0: right? He he said, at one of his rentals, uh, someone did the same exact thing. This was several years ago, but there was so many dishes and food in the sink that he tried to like clean all of it up, and all the dishes were stuck together. They'd been in there so long, so like, oh my god, it was nasty. Anyway, this <laughs> I believe it. This is a hunting. This is a hunting podcast, right? And we're going to talk yeah. about we're going to talk about hunting. And let's do it. You are relatively new to bow hunting, correct?
1: Yes. Yeah, I'm about three years into bow hunting. Coming up on my fourth year.
0: Okay. All right. Three years coming up on four. So, mm-hmm. how into hunting are you? I mean, is is hunting something that you've been doing with since you were a kid, or is that also relatively new as well as a whole?
1: So, so growing up, I played I played football. I wrestled, and I went to college. Still wasn't into hunting, um, and about 2012, m- my buddy's like, "Hey, you you want to go uh, rifle hunting? I'm like, "Yeah, let's do it." And you know, it was the first time I ever went hunting. I actually borrowed his gun. It was a Mauser or Moser. Am I saying i right? Mauser or Mauser? Not sure. And um, yeah, it's like one of those World War II guns, open sights. It, it was like carrying a log around, <laughs> and <laughs> I'm telling you, it was it was a heavy gun. So I, I went there, no idea what I'm doing. I go up he points he goes, go up and sit on that hill. So I went up there and first light I had this, this doe group come in on me and it was it was awesome. Like the sun was right behind me. it was like like a perfect picture. And from that, that point on I was like, All right, well I, I love hunting. I'll yeah. be doing this for a long time. Yeah. So the next next couple of years, um, I still didn't get into bow hunting. I, I would um uh, continue rifle hunting and I my brothers and I got um uh, three brothers that we all hunt together, and we would go up into the, the mountains in the Pennsylvania mountains, yeah. and we go, we go up there for rifle season. And I'm I'm sure you heard all the stories about PA and the pressure. And yeah. Just, the the woods are just filled with orange, and but it was still a great time. We went up there and, and we had no idea what we were doing. We we'd sit there like all all four of us together. Like in a circle, you watch this way. I watch this way. And <laughs> I remember. I remember one time we had we have one brother, and he's he's that guy. He's that guy that just kind of like he just ain't all there, you know. He's off on his own and in his all, own world. Yeah, he, yeah. He's just he's just kind of out there, and we're all sitting there, four of us. And all of a sudden, we hear this like noise, and it's like tinfoil. And then I smell like onions and Italian dressing. I look over at him, he's sitting there eating a sap, like an Italian hoagie in the middle of the woods, you know, we're deer hunting. So, basically, I'm just kind of letting you know that we had no idea what we were doing. No idea. (laughs) Hardly ever seen deer, no idea. The only thing we would see is like tail was running 200 yards away. So, fast forward to 2016, my brother-in-law, who was always a big hunter, he hunted, you know, his whole life he called me up one day. and like, Hey man, you want to, want to go bow hunting? I'm like, yeah, sure. You know, I, I didn't have a bow. I didn't have nothing. He's like, I have a crossbow. I'm like, awesome. So I, I get together with him and uh, his one buddy. We go to this one property. He had permission and I'm sitting there. I'm in a black shirt with like a, a camo skull on it. I got eye black, feeling good. I'm out there bow hunting <laughs> and like, <laughs> and I'm, I'm loving it, man. It's, I mean, it's nice weather and, you know, rifle hunt always, right. you know, late in the winter. It's beautiful. You know, the, it's
0: green. The leaves are starting to change and it, it just like completely consumed me. All right. So you and your brothers, you kind of, uh, have been doing this hunting thing since 2012. Go out. No, real, no real clue what you're doing. Uh, 2012 or no, 2014 or when did you start bow hunting? Two thousand and sixteen okay two thousand and sixteen comes along. you get invited uh, to go on a on a hunt with your brother in law he gives you a crossbow uh, you're sitting in a tree and it it sounds to me like you just fell in love with the time of the year being outside and just like being in nature yep great okay so how did that how did that first hunt or that first year go uh using a crossbow it it
1: was it was awesome the experience was was everything you know that that you want as a bow hunter you know you're out there i had some encounters but like like no shots no, no no nothing you know i so it actually i didn't even shoot my first first deer until in rifle season so i finally got that under my belt in 2016 and then, yeah in 2016 i ended up shooting my first deer it was a it was a doe you know i, yeah. I was, I was ha- happy as hell and so yeah, and then that takes me into um, into the spring of uh, 2017, uh, and I, I went crazy like the trill cameras, the like our season started in May. Like I was in there every going into the 2017 season, I was pulling up trail cameras, I was doing all that stuff you know that that bow hunters do, and going in the woods and scouting and and doing all that, so putting corn piles down so you get pictures and. And then that leads me into. I got a picture of this
0: deer that we um, we call Super Ten. All right, you You're going way too fast, but I got to slow you down because we got to get into a little bit. Oh, of I'm sorry. Uh, no, you're good. Sometimes we just get yeah. excited. We got to get. We got to yeah. get into the, a little bit of the details, or this podcast is going to be like five minutes long. <laughs> so, yeah. so, did you transition away from a crossbow, or are you still using a crossbow? So, so yeah that that spring. I
1: transitioned into a compound
0: bow. Okay, and
1: I bought I bought a tree stand and, and
0: just yeah. Gotcha. So, where did you get your information from? Because it sounds like I mean, did did you use your brother in law as a source of information? Because it sounds to me like you did you did what a lot of new bow hunters do, and they get a taste of it in some way, shape, or form, and then they just dive in head first and they start with just. Basically, it is a big purchasing year where you purchase a bow. You got to get <laughs> you got to get some kind of tree stands. You got to get you know. You mentioned trail cameras. How much money did you yep. spend that first year getting ready for this new hunting style that you were about to embark on? A lot, yeah. <laughs> a lot of
1: money. Um, so to answer your question, yeah, my brother-in-law, he um, he hunted with a compound bow. He had a climber and i would pick his brain and then at the same time you know he was he was learning too so he discovered podcasts yeah you know and he's like hey adam you know check out this and i'm like what's a what's a part i did not even know what a podcast was i'm like what's a podcast yeah and then he sent me the link and i i went on there and i'm listening to all you guys and and i'm like just trying to consume as much knowledge as i possibly can and anything i'd read anything i would listen to anything watch anything talk to anybody you know that was one of the park hunting and so so yeah i went out and um i'm like well if i'm going to be a bow hunter i need to need to buy a bow mhm and i can't you know i can't hunt off the ground
0: anymore so i need a tree stand and so what kind of what kind of tree stand did you go with right off the bat a climber a climber yeah, well, cause, okay.
1: cause, yeah we we um we we go we have a, a bunch of different properties that we could hunt on in public land. So we, our our strategy is, is
0: I guess run and gun, like we do a lot of mobile hunting. So yeah, yeah. So you you get the equipment now. I want to talk to you a little bit about these properties. You know, are are, yeah. are you hunting on a combination of private and public, or strictly public?
1: Um, a combination of both. Yeah. So. So we're we're just outside of Pittsburgh, so a lot of it is like suburban areas. So it's uh 7-acre patch, a 10-acre patch. Right. Um there's some bigger properties too that that um that we we
0: hunt on. But but mostly uh mostly public like up in the up in the mountains. Right. So how far do you have to travel to get to one of those spots? So the public is probably about an hour and a half away from us. Okay. And then like
1: like the areas like the private the private ground that that we uh permission on it's just you know 20 minutes a half hour away from us
0: gotcha so in the suburbs of pittsburgh correct correct all right so how's that hunting like what's that hunting out there oh it's 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 awesome it's awesome i mean you you go into these small patches i mean you're you're almost guaranteed
1: to see deer and you you, the the thing about pennsylvania too is if they give you permission they're giving other people permission so not only you got to strategically learn how to hunt a deer But you also got to figure out, you know, the pressure as well. You know, people Mm -hmm. coming in and they're they're not huge acres of of land either. So, you know, sometimes you got to use other hunters to your advantage. You know, if they're coming in this way, you know, the deer are going to push over
0: here. So you want to kind of counter them and just kind of kind of be smart about it. Yeah, absolutely. So what out of those two, where do you tend to see the most deer in the suburban setting or out in the mountains? (laughs) In the in the suburban setting. Yeah. And then is yeah. it it's just is it overall easier hunting in the suburban areas compared to the, the mountains? I'm gonna I say it's easier,
1: but but it, it's yeah, for I guess okay, for, for a beginner hunter I, I, I guess it would be a little bit easier because you 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 have smaller land to figure out. When right. you go out into the mountains, the public land, I mean you just have you know, hundreds and hundreds of acres. Mm-hmm. You know, and and you got to figure all that out, and and so so yeah, I would I would definitely say the su- suburban patches are, are more easier to to learn and and to figure out the deer movement, their, their
0: patterns and and whatnot. Gotcha. So uh, if you have an evening hunt, you know, if you have you know, oh man, I got some free time tonight. I want to get out hunting. You're you're kind of staying closer to home. You're doing the suburban hunts, and then. You, when it's time to like dedicate an entire weekend or maybe a week to go do a hunt, you're heading out into the mountains. Yeah, yeah, that's fair to say. Gotcha. Okay, so you, you purchased this equipment. What was the learning curve for you like? To. to because you don't just pick up a bow and become good at it, right? It's almost like right. every time you change it, even even for me, I've been bow hunting for several years now. Even for me, anytime there's a, even a small equipment change, it means I have to change something about what I do uh, to, you know, stay consistent as an archer. That with learning how to use a climbing tree stand and learning how, like all these. It's, it's, everything's new to you. So talk to me about that learning curve, what it was like for you.
1: Well, like I said, that first year of hunting, I just, I just became completely consumed with it and going into 2017, I, I just kind of bought all in. I was, no matter what I was going to go all in, I was going to buy the bow that, that spring and summer, I shot it. I shot my bow every single day. I, I'm, I probably swung maybe Forty, fifty arrows, as much as my, you know, your shoulder could take, and and I shot every day after work. I would just set up the target and I'd just shoot and I'd shoot and I'd shoot and I shoot, shoot. And it's it's funny too because the, the longer you shoot the target, get then your your you know your form goes to shit, and and so I had to be careful with that too. And then the tree st- the the tree stand was a climber, and I, I was I had no idea what I was doing. Right, my brother-in-law, he took me down. um, we went to, uh, into the woods in the middle and, and it was dark and he's like, all right, well, we're going to teach you how to, how to use this, you know, cause we were going to be setting up in the dark and, yeah. and all that. So I put the harness on, he taught me how to climb. And so, so after I learned how to climb, I, I think it was like a week before the season too. And, um, the opener. So I, I, I figured out how to do all that and I got this routine down to, you know, how I set up my tree and get up there. I put my bow order up and, you know, strap around the tree and
0: make sure I'm I'm safe and secure and, and ready to go. Nice. All right. So you end up, you, you start, start learning, uh, how to use the equipment. Um, you start learning how to shoot a bow. Where did you, uh, did did your brother-in-law help you with everything or did you go elsewhere like to other people or to your local bow shop for some of this information too and and on top of that even talk about the strategy like you know it's awesome to get to know how to use the equipment but then if you just go cannonball into the woods and sit up in a random tree you may not see anything
1: right right yeah, so my brother-in-law was a huge help you know he, he would he would just kind of guide me in the right direction, but it was more or less like I was kind of self teaching as well. Right. So like watching YouTube videos, listening to podcasts, reading articles and, and there is an archery shop. I would go there and, you know, sometimes you're a little bit shy and you know, Hey, you know, teach me how to shoot a bow, but I would go in the back. They had, they had like an indoor range and I would go and shoot there. You know, I would ask them to like look over my bow and, you know, make sure I'm good to go. And then they also have this like, This, uh, techno, techno thing. Like there's a screen where it has like deer on it and you can shoot the deer. So like you're actually shooting that deer.
0: Oh, okay. So, and I, I,
1: yeah, it's, it's pretty cool.
0: And almost like one of those, uh, virtual golf places.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's exactly what, and, uh, so I would go in there and I I would, I would do that for, for uh, an hour or two. And so a a lot of it was, was my brother-in-law kind of guiding me in the right direction and then he would guide me, and then I would kind of just take over and, and figure it out for myself.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. So can you give us an example of while you were out hunting, like a really big learning experience where you maybe got busted or you forgot something or, you know, had a, <laughs> had a big old brain fart, and then you're like, oh, my God, I can't do that ever again. And that ended up, you know, learning from your mistakes type of experience. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, so basically my, my whole story is just a
1: learning experience. So in 2017, the opening day I, where we live, it's um, it, it opens up two weeks earlier than the, uh, than the rest of the state, like around Pittsburgh. Right. It's like special regulations area. So we, we get that, that little bit of a summer pattern and opening day of 2017, I um we we went in there first thing in the morning. We got there about two two hours before uh, daylight, and it's my brother-in-law and I, and my spot that I had is up on the ridge, the ridge top, and then his spot was about halfway up. And so I I was we were walking in, and he goes to his tree and I go up to my tree, and I'm, I'm in my tree stand. I, I I get up there no problems. I, I was actually really sick that day too, and. So I get into in my tree stand, I'm up there, you know, you're 20 feet, you know, and all of a sudden, about a half hour after uh, after daylight, <laughs> this 10-point buck comes running up the hill, and he stops right in front of me. First day, opening day, you know, this is the first time that I have a compound bow I'm in my tree stand, first time ever, right. and I got this beautiful 10-point buck. We had him on trail camera too, and and I'm looking at him. And I forgot how to be a human being. I, I had no
0: idea what I was saying. <laughs> that, <Damn. laughs> that might be one of the best <laughs> lines I've ever heard it, on any of these. But I forgot how to be a human being. Uh, like, I, I didn't even
1: know how to breathe. Like, I'm, I'm hyperventive. <laughs> but, like, I had to lean up against my tree. I had to, like, it was It was unreal. So I'm like, oh, so finally, he's just standing there. Like, I don't even know what, why he was standing there. It was almost like he was like, all right, well, I know
0: you're not going to shoot me, so I'm just going to stand here. <laughs> this guy has no clue what <laughs> he's doing. I'm 100% yeah. safe at 10 yards. <laughs> like, le- legitimately, he was probably
1: e- even closer than 10 yards. Oh, my Broad Lord. Side, like, I couldn't have asked. I couldn't have asked for anything better. So I finally control a little bit of my body to pick up my bow and I put my release on you know, on the loop or whatever it's called. And as I'm like turning to go to him, I pull back my bow and shoot law, law my arrow into the weeds. So I just like, it just wobs into the weeds. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. So he's still standing there. He, he doesn't get spooked, nothing. So finally, I'm able to put another arrow in there and it was a fill tip. Like I didn't change out from, from you know, practicing. <laughs>
0: Like, Alright, man. I'm sorry for laughing at your pain, but this no, no, is funny. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. I'm like, you gotta
1: be kidding me. <laughs> I'm Like, what the hell, you know? Right. And then finally, you know, he's like, all right. Well, I give this guy, you know, enough of a chance to shoot me. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave. <laughs> so he leaves. He, he leaves my life forever, and he goes down a hill, and then my brother-in-law actually ends up shooting him. I'm like, oh my god! And we have him on a trail camera, so so in like like right, you know, by my tree where I you know where I prepared. You know, he did all the the limb cutting and all that, and he's right in front of my trail camera. So I would have even got the shot on on the trail camera too. So right, so it wasn't like one of these like you know big buck stories or you know whatever. So my brother-in-law shoots this deer. You know, he texted me. He's like, "Hey, man, you know." I'm like, "I'm like, oh wow, you know, congratulations. You know, very happy for him. I couldn't be more happy for him. You know, right, right. Well, it turns out, turns out that he did not put a a good shot on him. So, you know, you, you never want that to happen ever. Right. So we we searched and searched and searched and searched. You know, mine, here, it's September 16th, and you know, it's 85 degrees. We're searching, we're going through betting, first day of the season, we're going through betting interviews, we're going everywhere we can, and we could not find this deer. You know, oh, we, we obviously, we hope that it, it survived, and then, you know, but you, you never want that to happen. It's, you know, it's terrible. Right. But what I learned from the experience um, is, you know, the buck, I'm, I'm assuming what I had was buck fever. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah, you <laughs> and, got it. Um, I, you got, if, if you forgot how to do like basic human functions, yeah, you had that yeah. fever. <laughs> so, 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 um,
1: the rest of that season, you know, it was a blunder and, and it didn't go the way I wanted it to go. And, and then basically that all off season, you know, I worked on shooting under stress and, and, and all that stuff to help prepare with, with having, you know, a deer under me and, and not and forgetting how to be a
0: human being, basically. Yeah. Right. Right. So throughout that 2017 season, did you have any aha moments where you were like, ah, I get it. This is what I need to do. Like a a deer comes in and busts you, or you see all these deer, um, on a different place. And maybe you make a move that the following day or the, the next week. And now you're starting to have some, some more encounters with them. Did you have any moments like that? Um, I did, you
1: know, there's like small, small moments where I'm like, well, I could do this better. I could access this piece of property better. Um, I, I was in such like, still like such a huge learning curve that like every, everything was just kind of coming to me so fast. And I was trying to process everything like, like the wind, you know, and thermals and and all this. And you know, how, how do I do that? And like, you know, listening to the podcast and, and learning from them and, and and just, so I would listen to, you know, thermals and, you know, you you want the wind at your face and this and that and, and then, um so then I would go into the woods and I'd steer and, you know, see, see boy out of there and I'm like, well, what you know, what the hell did I do wrong? You know, and then, oh, well, the wind swirls and um so, so the whole season, you know, there was just a whole bunch of like, uh-huh, I see, you know, yeah. okay, you know, and then, and then the way the land and how, how the deer use the land on different properties. And so, so
0: 2017 was just a huge learning curve for me with,
1: with everything really.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah. So in the off season, did you change anything gear related uh, or did you kind of keep everything the same?
1: I kept everything the same. Got you. I, 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 you know, I figured, well, you know, I'm brand new at this. I want to, I want to make sure that, you know, I get
0: this down, you know, before I start, you know,
1: changing gear and, and this and that. Right.
0: Okay, cool. All right. So then so then it's the off season. Uh did you just continue your shooting regiment and becoming uh you know, trying to be as accurate as possible, you know, picking up tips and tricks, uh anything else from the uh the practice makes perfect type of scenario before the season started?
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I still would shoot every single day as much as I could, and anytime I could, you know, I'd be in the backyard. I'd shoot, or I would even take like when I would go hang trail cameras. I would on public land. I would take my my bow and, and my uh, target, and I'd go and I'd shoot there. You know, after I'd go hang a camera, yeah. You know, like long, longer range shots, I should say. Yeah. You know, I was at a point where you know maybe maybe a thirty forty forty yard shot. I, I felt like well, you know, I could probably start practicing for this, and
0: you know yeah yeah makes sense all right so you just maybe extend your range a little bit um yeah. you're going out and you're putting trail cameras out you're trying to collect some information there uh what what were your trail cameras telling you about the properties that uh that you had them on so we're talking about 2018 what last
1: year yeah so we um we in the suburban patches, we had these two really nice bucks and they were using these patches to, to basically kind of, they would go from one to one and they would bet in the one, the one patch. And this, you know, like I said, the season opens earlier um, than the rest of the state. So you still get them on their summer pattern a little bit, like at the tail end of their summer pattern. Yeah. So we had, we had these two really nice bucks coming through and, and we knew that they were coming through in the morning. So, closer to the season you know we were trying to figure out you know where are we go opening day and you know figuring all that out and strategizing and and all that good stuff so the, the one was a really nice ten and the the one um that ended up shooting that, that really nice eight um they were they were together and they would go from one patch to the next and we we, we believe that they betted and the one patch that I ended up going into opening opening
0: morning of the 2018 season. Oh, so you, you, you ended up harvesting your buck right away. Yeah. Okay. All right. So let's, let's get into that. So you, you found this buck on trail camera during the summer months, right? Right. Right. Was this in one of those uh, on the mountain property or in one of the residential properties? In the residential. Okay, all right, cool. So you ended up getting information about him. Was he consistent in his patterning throughout the entire summer, leading up until the season? He, yeah, he was. Okay. Uh, so that kind of puts you on a spot where you're like, okay, I know exactly what I'm going to do as soon as you know the, the season starts. You kind of knew that. Yeah. All right. All right, so... Did you have to do anything different? Gain any different access? Uh, knock on any doors? Uh, set your tree stand up in a different location to prepare for this, for that, that encounter?
1: No. So, so the one area that we had, um, we had trail camera. It's, it's, um, our one buddy like owns the land, so that's how we had access to it, and we knew that they were. It was a very small patch, maybe an acre or two. So they would go through this that acre of ground into this bigger patch, which was about 10 acres, where I ended up shooting him. So we had to um, ask for permission from um, the landowner there. So we gained access to that that property. So we never even went into those woods um, in the summertime or nothing. We just kind of knew that they were going
0: through there. Gotcha. All right. So mm-hmm. So you ended up getting this trail camera data. You knew there mm-hmm. was two two deer. Did you and your buddy or your brother in law have the same access to this, or how did you guys know um, what like the who was going to go in first versus okay, are we going to flank each other again, or we're both going in at the same time? How did that work? So if I gain permission on a property, I, I always explain to the landowner, hey, you
1: know, I have you know my brother in law and a buddy, and then um, so I let them know how many people could potentially be hunting this, this property. Um, As far as us deciding on who went where, you know, we just talked for weeks and weeks and weeks leading up to the season, you know, you know, what would be best? Like he'll sit in this patch, I'll sit in this patch and, and then just kind of, just kind of have fun and hunt. And, you know, there, there ain't no, well, you know, I want to be in the best spot or right. anything like that. It's just got kind of, you know, a group
0: effort type, type bill. Right. Okay. So, um, did you go in, how many acres is this property? Uh, seven acres where I, where
1: I shot my, uh,
0: yeah. Okay. So talk to me a little bit about, you know, the specifics of this seven acres. Like I know it's in somewhat of a residential area, but is it in an area where there's a whole bunch of different little seven acre pieces? Or is that seven acres the biggest piece in this area? what was the vegetation like? What was the terrain like? What were the deer numbers like? So,
1: so the, uh, the property itself, it's like a strip that, that sits between an apartment complex and then a, in a business. Okay. And so it's basically, it's, it's longer than it is wide. So it's perfect for the deer just to kind of funnel through. And the one side of the, the property, it's, it's really thick and nasty and, perfect for for bedding now, the other side where i ended up going is it's pretty it's mature a little bit of mature timber yeah and acorn trees and and it's and then there's a a ditch that comes like this dry creek bed that comes down through right coming from the the apartment complex and then it, it and then um so yeah and then the, when i went in there i mean the acorns were just dropping like crazy it, so
0: we so were in there that's why they were in yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically they were coming back to bed and as they were coming back, they were feeding on the acorns and then they were doing the bedding.
0: Gotcha, okay. So mm-hmm. were they, so were th- on that seven acres, were they bedding and moving all on that seven acres or were they coming off of a different piece onto your piece? So they were coming off of another piece. Gotcha. Into my piece. Okay, and, yeah. and your piece had the acorns. Correct. Okay, cool. Okay, I got it. I got it. All right. So, yeah. you knew that this buck is in there, so the likelihood of at least seeing him is probably pretty high compared to, you know, going out to one of your mountain hunts, right?
1: right? Right. Yeah.
0: All right. So, walk us through the time that you left your vehicle to the time that you got in, set up in your tree stand and saw him for the first time, like all this, let me know all the stuff that was going through your head, that whole walk out. Walk in, I should yeah, say.
1: Yeah. So, so, so I get out of my, my truck and I'm sitting there and I get like, I don't know if you knew like this, but I get super, super nervous like before I go into the woods. You know, you know am I going to spook anything? Am I, especially in a seven acre patch, you know, you're probably going to kick something up. Right. So, this was, um, we, we got there about four o'clock in the morning. We, we wanted to get there super early and I, I walked in. And I walk into the thick part because I didn't think they would be embedding. And then I, I basically, like I told you, it's longer than it is wide. So I walked towards where it would be open. And I had a, my climber on my back and my bow. And I'm getting there. And finally, I pick out a tree because I told you I've, I've never been in this patch of woods before. And so I get to a tree and I feel like it's in, it's in a good location. And I, I get up, climb my tree. You know, I'm walking around, I'm sitting there waiting for, for daylight. And then all of a sudden, I see this this yearling doe come in, right? And I'm like, oh, you know, great, you know, well, you know, got some deer movement already, and it's probably ten minutes in the daylight. And then I had this all these other um, dodo coming in behind her, and then a young buck comes in, and then all of a sudden, at <laughs> the corner of my eye, I see white white horns, white right. antlers, and I'm like, oh my good, you know, at this time I've never shot a buck. Last year I had that episode where, where I didn't know, you know, what the hell I was doing when a buck was underneath me. So I, I see I see him, and I'm like, all right, Adam, you you, you you practice all summer long for this moment. Like, you got this. So I'm talking to myself, you know, and we I, I had my bow in my hand. <laughs> it's, cr- it's crazy. You, you know, you're like you, you're sitting there, you know, just a deer, just a deer. But, but like, it's just like – Consumes you, and you're like, oh, you know, wow. So I'm sitting there, and he, he's feeding on acorns. So I, I grab my bow, I put my release on, and I'm waiting for him to give me, you know, a coring way or broadside shot. And you know, he's down there. And,
0: How far is he at this point?
1: He's about 25 yards.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah, he's 20. He, he right now he's in the um, he's in the the little uh, dry dry stream or or little creek. Right. So. And he's be, he's behind some some small saplings. All of a sudden, he starts to come. And it, it as he's down below below me, I still got probably about five or seven deer all around me just feeding on acorns.
0: Oh boy. Yeah.
1: So I'm like, you know, not only do, do I got to pull back and not bore my arrow, but you know, I got to put a good shot on, and I got to make sure I don't you know blow all these deer out of there. So I pull back and. All of a sudden, he, he, like, stops behind this tree. I'm like, oh, man. So, I'm 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 right now, you know, I'm in full draw, and I'm watching him, watching him. So, then I, I let down. It was pro- probably about a minute and a half. I let down, and then he co- he comes up. He starts to come up, you know, to where it was a uh, clear opening. So, I pulled back. He was pouring away, and, and I, I shot him. And it was like, it was like one of that pop, you know, just like. And I'm like, you, you always second guess. You're like, did Did you hit the deer? Did you not hit the deer? Like, I know I hit the deer. You know, you're sitting there like, I know I hit the deer. And then he, he ran and I'm sitting there and I, I like sit down and I'm, I'm like.
0: And this is the this first, this is the first deer you've ever shot with a bow, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah. so you draw back, you let the arrow go, you hear the Right. Yep. Yep. And, yep. and you, you're not really sure where you hit him, but you knew you hit him, and yeah. he he runs off. Like at that point, describe your mentality. Were you flipping out? So I,
1: yeah, yeah. Like I'm I'm sitting down, and and a million things go through your head. You know, you know, like just everything that went up to that point. You know, the the, the summer work. You know, going through trill camera pictures and, and just all everything, you know, and, and I'm sitting there in, in the tree and I'm just sitting there thinking to myself, like how fortunate I am to be able to do this, the to right. hunt beer and, and, and do what I love. And, and, and I just shot a really nice Pennsylvania buck and, and, and I'm just, I'm beside myself, you know, there's so yeah. many emotions go through you and, 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 you know, you're happy and then you're, and then you're like, oh man, not now, you know, opening day and I, I shot a deer, you know, now I'm sitting there thinking to myself, you know, the rest of the season. And, and so the the story actually even gets better. So I'm sitting there and all these, all these emotions are going through me and that other deer, that big 10 that we had on trail, trail camera, he comes in the, in the, where I am
0: just after, hanging out just after you yep. shot this other one. Yep. Okay. Yep. He's and he's bigger than this eight pointer that you just shot. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. And he he comes in. He's hanging out. For, he was probably around me for about fifteen minutes. He was trying. like he knew something was up. I have I actually even have him on uh, video. Like he's sniffing and and just like trying to figure out what's what's different, you know, in this area. Right. But the wind I had the wind was perfect for me. So like he didn't know that where I was or. Like he just knew something was, was, was wrong. Right. And he, he's hanging out and, and eating acorns and like going back and forth. And so I'm watching this deer, this beautiful Pennsylvania deer for about 15 minutes. It was, uh, it, it was honestly, you know, I know surreal is like such an overused word, but like it really was such
0: a surreal moment. Right.
1: And that's a lot of moment.
0: That's a lot of like that's a moment that some people just don't get to experience. And here you are. You just yeah. you just shot a great deer, but now you're sitting and you're able to observe. Did you learn anything yep. f- from that in- encounter where maybe like, I don't know, sometimes you have an encounter well, he, with an animal and you get to learn something from it knowing that you're not going to shoot it?
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, just, just his mannerisms and how how he, he moved. And, and you, you know, like, Overall, that whole morning, that whole experience—it was—it was probably my biggest aha moment. You know, right. you know, I listen to all these podcasts and I try and piece everything together. You know, like acorns early season. You know, they—they feed on going back to bed, and you know, and this and that, and then watching all these deer come come through this patch of timber eating acorns on their way into bed. Like, like it was like you know what all all these things these guys are saying. You know, yourself and and they're it all makes sense now, you you know, like deer, deer, you just got to, you know, a deer in Iowa is is a, is a, I mean, granted, you know, they have have different food and different things, but a deer is a deer, whether it's in Iowa or Pennsylvania, Right. you know, they use, they use land and and
0: stuff and and you've just got to be able to figure and piece it all together. Right. It's the principles, right? Yep. Yep. principles. Awesome. Yeah. So eventually this, this, uh, 10 pointer walks away, Right yeah yeah how long until you got out of your stand to go look for blood on the eight pointer that you just shot so like i said he was hanging out around me for about 15
1: 20 minutes or so so i stayed in my you know i texted everyone you know everyone i could think of just, i just you know like you know my my fiance i'm like hey you know and my brothers and then and then my youngest brother actually shot his first deer that same morning and he was on a different property, you know, about a half hour away from where I was. Oh, awesome. So like, yeah. So, so I saw my first buck, my, my younger brother shoots his first deer. And so everything, you know, we're, we're, we're in this big group message and, you know, everyone's congratulating, you know, how did it happen, you know? And so I'm, I'm in my tree for about, I don't know, about a half hour after, after I shot the, the deer and it's. It's so the middle of September. It's probably about 85 degrees. So I knew, you know, that I had to, you know, at least go look for blood and, and see, start tracking the deer. Right. You know, cause it, it was going to start getting pretty, pretty hot. And So I, I climbed down, I take my time packing up my climber, packing up my deer and my, my buddy, my buddy comes and we go down to where I shot it. And you know, I saw a couple, couple droplets of blood and then, I started following the trail, and I didn't want to like rush into it too fast, but at the same time, it was tricky because it was going to be so hot that day. So we follow it, and then forty yards from where I saw it, he was—that's where he was laying.
0: Yeah, man.
1: And and yeah, and and, like it was—it was like again, like I just kind of didn't know what to do. I ran up to it, and like I, for the first time, I put my hands on the on the antlers, and and. And so I'm walking at this deer and I'm like, wow, you know, <laughs> it, it's, it, it was like, you know, granted I've, I've only been bow hunting for three years at that point, but still like, I believe, you know, you or anyone that, that bow hunts and they're so consumed by it. I mean, you understand that feeling of like, wow, I just, I just did this, you know, and it just,
0: it just kind of all hit me at, at one time. I get that. I get that way with every deer I harvest, man and it it doesn't go away if anything it's like amplified i mean even when i shoot a doe it's just it's i still get the jitters i still get this rush right when i draw back you know uh you know there's something about big antlers that maybe turn the volume up throw the the hot sauce in the mix but yeah i shoot it i walk up to it i get that that sense of being proud i get the sense of like accomplishment the the feeling of you know this is why I do it. And uh right. I get it, man. I get it. And the, the shitty thing for you is it's just gonna get worse. And it's just <laughs> like you think you're consumed now, just you wait. It's just it's just the more you understand about hunting, like for me, every year I s I'm I'm still excited. I'm excited in a different way and I'm looking forward to the season in a different way. Um, you know, I'm not out there scouting every single day as much as I used to, but I still get fired up. I'm always thinking about, you know, I have a map in front of me and this year my goal is to, like, I got two or three deer that I, I want to shoot this year off the farm that I uh, that I have access to and yeah. I'm all I'm doing is running scenarios in my head and thinking about okay, if the wind direction's here and I get a trail camera picture of them here, I know this terrain feature's here, I have some historical data from this point. Like, all this, it's just like my brain is this giant computer that is built for processing deer information. <laughs> it's so stupid, but <laughs> That's it, awesome. I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> what, it's why we do it. Yeah, absolutely. So, y- you ended up shooting this deer, you're jacked about it, What's the goal for this upcoming season?
1: Well, well, the 2018 season. I shot after I shot that deer on opening day. I ended up getting my, my Ohio license, and I ended up hunting a public piece out there. And I, I, I didn't want like my season to to basically end, you know, right. on on opening day. So my my goal this year, you know, like I said, I'm going into my fourth year of bow hunting. Right is you know, I, I would love to be able to harvest a buck again, a couple doe, and and I also want to try to figure out this piece of public in Ohio too. You know, I feel like the the more years I put in, the more I'm understanding, and you know, the early season, pre rut, rut, you know, late season, and I just want to keep challenging myself and trying to grow
0: as a bow hunter. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And I do. I, I again, I'm doing the same thing every year. I I, I don't think yeah. you ever reach a pinnacle when you're when you're a bow hunter um or even like a hunter for that matter you know granted some people have different goals and what they want to accomplish i think for me you you kind of put the hit the nail on the head when you it's just like always learning always doing something like because i if i really want to be critical on myself i make mistakes every single hunt like, oh, I shouldn't have walked too, I walked too far or I, I didn't walk far enough or I set my tree stand up wrong at the wrong angle or whatever. And, right. you know, I'm looking for perfection now and not, not on the deer hunting side of things, like not the a- actual animal itself, but about the strategy. Like, that's what I want to become a perfectionist at. And like my access route, I want it to be perfect. I want the wind to be perfect. I want to set up you know stealth and the wind as the wind comes here i want to i i want to know that the deer is going to come from there and it's a chip shot to where i have to try to shoot him right and right that's what i'm looking for now as a a bow hunter and like it sounds like you're on a quest for something similar just as you know a quote-unquote rookie yeah
1: yeah Uh, that's, that's very accurate
0: well, um, so you you messed around in Ohio. Did anything come of that?
1: So I, I went out there. I kind of put all my marbles in the rut basket. You know, I, I figured, you know, if I'm going to go out to a brand new property as a brand new bow hunter, you know, I, I need to kind of need a little bit of help. You know, have them off their game and let their guard down a little bit. Right. So I, I would try. I, I studied the maps. You know, I, I, I actually went there in the middle of october and I, I circled the property a bunch and just to kind of get a feel of the terrain because it was going to be completely different than what's here what's here in pennsylvania so i, I went there and i put myself in a, in a really nice um funnel and i i had a, a really nice encounters but it was always you know there was just something that you know they were a little bit too far i had four four encounters with some really nice bucks and, um, you know, it just all of them had come together, but, but you know what, going to a brand new property in a brand new state, a different state, like, and having those encounters, like I couldn't, I, I couldn't have been more happy. Right. Like it was, it was a success in, in my book.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. That's awesome, man. And again, it's a learning experience, right? Yep. Right. Yeah. So 2008, uh, 19 seasons going to be here before we know it. Are you, uh, you jacked up for that? Oh, man. I mean, I've been counting down the days. I think, <laughs> what, fifty, fifty-three 53
1: days from today, our, our season opens. Awesome. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, we, so this year, like, one, another thing that I've learned, when our first year we did trail cameras, we would go in every single weekend and check the, and pull the cards. Yeah. This this year, we're, we're being a lot more patient with going in and, and watching our intrusion into these in the spots, and, yes, so, so we haven't even checked our cards yet. And pro- probably next weekend would be the first card pool.
0: So we, we really don't
1: even, yeah, we, we're not even sure what bucks are out there or, you know, or whatnot. So, but, but I mean, I don't, it wouldn't matter to me if there's a 180 inch or I don't even know inches. i got to be real with you. <laughs> I don't even know how you measure <laughs> it, it. doesn't matter. I don't even know how you measure Yeah, it really doesn't. Like one of my biggest pet peeves, I've watched a YouTube video and it, the guy shot a deer and he grabs and he's already talking about inches on on this deer and I'm like, man, that's an an amazing deer, you know? Yeah. And he, he's, uh, whether it's however many inches, I, I don't even care. I just love hunting. Yeah. I, I everything about it, uh, you know, the time of year and, and just the, the deer themselves are amazing, and amazing animals and it just everything about hunting I love.
0: Awesome awesome well adam man i really appreciate you taking time out of your day to uh hop on and uh, share your story with us i i love the excitement and uh good luck this upcoming season man yeah thank you dan same to you ladies and gentlemen that brings us to the end of another awesome hunter profile podcast uh huge shout out to adam for taking time out of his day to hop on and record huge shout out as always to each and every one of you for taking time out of your day to download and listen man i really appreciate that uh huge shout out to all the partners of this podcast vortex optics lone wolf portable tree stands ripcord ARS wasp broadheads ozonix scent elimination prime bows and i've already said vortex now i've said it twice now it is that time of year where we're all starting to really get fired up to get out in the woods. A lot of us are doing some tree stand prep, and uh, man, <laughs> I say it all the time, but I, I just heard of a, a neighbor down the street. He was going out, just he even had a ladder stand, right? He was in a ladder stand. He was up at top of it, top of it. He. Kind of slipped or something happened i think maybe a cable broke or uh it was it's been in the tree for a while so it rusted and kind of bent on the ladder and he fell he, did, he didn't get too hurt but it's just a reminder that safety harnesses are there for a reason so you need to take advantage of them go out go buy one it doesn't matter what company is on the box just go buy one and use it So this week, this weekend, if you're going to be in a tree, man, wear your damn safety harness. Have a good rest of the week.